What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode 25 of Track Talk Podcast. We are your hosts, Emma and Hannah. Today, we finally have a race to talk about. Thank God. just finished watching the Dutch Grand Prix. We also just finished recording with Fan Behavior Pod with Zoe. Please go listen to Zoe's pod. Um, It's out now. Um, We did a really deep dive of the race and everything else going on in the motorsports world. Obviously, we have our own episode to put out, so there's going to be a little bit of overlap. But if you're looking for a deeper dive into the race, that's where you can find that. Mm -hmm. Today we have, in case you missed Indy, a quick female motorsports spotlight. We'll talk about the race. We have track stats again. And that'll be our episode for today. So let's get into it. Let's dive into... I almost said Monza. (laughs) We're not diving into Monza yet. Not yet. (laughs) Max's home race. Yeah. Max won. Good for him. Love that for him. Generally, this is one of those times where I can say it and I I mean it. Yeah. Because he tied Sebastian Vettel's nine race wins in a row. Yeah. And it was his home Grand Prix. You know what? It meant so much more to him. And I think Monza as well next week, if he wins, will Mm -hmm. also mean a lot to him because then he just now has set a brand new record for race wins in a row. He does. He is unbeatable. He's on another level Mm -hmm. and he deserved that win today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're jumping to the result, but I do (laughs) think that... Um, Emma is, is on the right page here by saying that this win probably means more to him than all of his wins this season. I mean, he had to win all those to get here, but to tie Seb's record for it to be at home for him to have those fans. Yeah. I think that was really special for him today. Good weekend for him. Not so good for other people. Yeah. A few of our friends had a tough weekend. Danny Rick broke something in his arm. I don't know. He broke something. He's out. He broke a metacarpal. I don't know what that is. I know. (laughs) Yeah, it was a really unfortunate scene. It happened in practice. You guys know I don't watch practice. Of course, I had to watch what was going on here. Um, When I saw the news that he was holding his arm up to support his collarbone, um, I was like, see, my kinesiology background is saying automatically, this is not good. It's so unfortunate because he did just get his seat back. His seat back, I say in quotations. He's back on the grid, trained so hard to get here, and this happens. Yeah, but Lance pulled through with his doctor's number. Yes. So I was literally about to be like, Emma, how are you actually making this about Lance right now? It's not about Lance. It's not about Lance. It's not about Lance. But we did see Danny and Lance talking. And I guess genuinely Lance had given him the number for his doctor when he broke, fractured, whatever, Mm -hmm. at the start of his season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For those of you who aren't aware, I know we get new listeners every week. At the beginning of this season of Formula One, Lance Stroll had two broken wrists, right? Fractured. There was some sort of fracture. And a broken toe. I don't know about the toe. Maybe. And yes, the toe. You're right. Yeah, it definitely was because I remember thinking, what the heck? Um, and his doctor was able to get him back ready to start the season in 12 days of rehab. Yeah, because during preseason testing, it was uh, Felipe Drugovich. Mm-hmm. He had stepped in for preseason testing and we thought that he would be racing the first race as well. But mm-hmm. nope, Lance was back. Hopefully this means Danny is on a quick path to re- uh, rehabilitation as well. It's unfortunate. Like it's, yeah. and it was when he, when that happened, it was Oscar who had crashed first. And Danny said it was either hit Oscar or hit the wall. So. And the result of hitting yeah. Oscar could have been tenfold worse. For both of them. For both of them. Yeah. So while we don't wish harm on anybody, this might have saved um, mm-hmm. two people. Yeah. So we're praying for a speedy recovery for Daniel. This meant that Liam Lawson 
um, replaced him this weekend. So mm-hmm. we saw Liam Lawson's debut, and we talked about Liam before. He's racing in the Super Formula Championship, mm-hmm. which is in Japan. Yeah, only Japan. Only Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I saw on Twitter. I don't go on Twitter often, but I saw on Twitter that it was something about how Alex Albon's appendix is still causing chaos. Because Alex Albon's appendix last year burst. He had to go yes. get surgery. Yeah, I remember. Nick DeVries replaced him in Monza. Oh. Because of this, Nick was given the Alphatari seat. Right. And then Danny came back to replace Nick. Danny's now out. And now Liam Lawson is replacing Danny for this race and maybe next race. So Alex Albon's... No, for sure next race. Yeah, so Alex Albon's appendix is still a huge chain of events that's going on. Wow, what a way to look at it. Yeah. Danny had surgery... He literally an hour ago. Yeah. He posted about it. So speedy recovery, hopefully for him. We don't know when we'll see him back. It, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And because Monza is next week, we don't have a break in between. He won't race Monza. Then we have a break. And then we have Singapore. I think it would be a Lance Stroll miracle with this doctor to get him back in the car for Singapore. So Japan. I'm saying potentially Japan. Which yeah. is after Singapore. Which is after Singapore. We shall see. Yeah, I um, guess we don't know. So the whole weekend was rainy, starting with like practices, qualifying. My favorite thing about when, when there's red flags or yellow flags, when they can't run anything, is they will just show facts yes. on the screen. Yeah. So found out that this is Lando Norris's 95th Grand Prix start. He'll hit 100 Already? this year. Yeah. This is kind of crazy to me. I know. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure, unless I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, 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 you're probably right. I just feel like Lando, in my head, Lando is like, still like a rookie and that's so bad to say but I just remember him I I just think of him as like a young guy like doing what he can with his team and doing very well but like I just don't think of the time flew is what it is yeah the time literally flew but yeah so 95 grand prix starts Mm -hmm. he'll hit 100 by the end of this year I assume Mm -hmm. knock on wood um also this is the eighth race weekend in a row that's been affected by rain I was going to say the past two seasons of consistently watching F1, I don't think I've seen as much rain this year or as this year ever, like mm-hmm. truly. No. Anyway, so that was just a few facts that came up. And I was Mind like, you, there's oh, only been are. 13 races, so yeah. that's only five unaffected. There was um there was a part, I don't know which qual session it was. I think it was Q1 where Carlos impeded on Oscar. Yeah. And Carlos was like, oh, I didn't see anything. Oscar, we know this, is so calm. He was like, oh, that could have been a crash. Like, he wasn't angry. He was just, like, stating, like, oh, that could have been really bad. I think Carlos, I think Ferrari was fined 5,000 euros. There was no penalty for that. Like, no grid penalty, which only just goes to show, like, how do they make these choices? Yeah. How do they decide I, what? I literally can't even get into that argument again today because it's just, like, it makes no sense. No, I don't know. Because um, there was another impeding situation where Fernando potentially impeded on Lewis in Q1. Mm-hmm. And there was just nothing that happened there. And it it was impeding. Um, I don't know. At this point, I don't know. In terms of Q1, Charles was again so mad at his team. I think it was just like he barely got through to Q2. No, it. So they sent Charles out at the very end of Q1, and they were he was wanting to be sent out just before Joe, but Joe was sent out maybe like ten seconds before Charles, and because of that. Charles felt like there was too much traffic on the road for him to get a good qualifying lap in. I thought it might have been better for Charles in terms of track evolution because it was getting a little bit drier at this time. But Charles was so mad at his team. He did sneak into Q2, Mm -hmm. barely. Um, You know who else snuck into Q2? Logan. 
And then into Q3. Yeah. Yep. Good qualifying session for Mr. Logan Sargent, mm-hmm. not in Q3, but in Q1 and 2. He eventually crashed in Q3. Yeah. And we um, had talked about it on fan behavior as well. But during Logan's qualifying session, or during, I guess, honestly, right before Q3 started, the commentators on F1 TV had said, oh, well, we know who's going to be starting 10th. Like right away, mm-hmm. just jumping to the conclusion that Logan doesn't have a fighting chance. And to be fair, he did crash. He did start 10th. But I just think that as commentators, as like, you know, there's thousands and thousands of people watching this broadcast right now. And you're going to put that statement out there and just completely diminish Logan Mm -hmm. as a driver. Like we know that the Williams is good. He has had really good practice sessions as well. Like he could have easily started a lot higher than 10th. And so for those commentators to put that out there and just kind of basically saying, well, we mm-hmm. don't have faith in Logan. Mm-hmm. So you watching at home also shouldn't have faith mm-hmm. in Logan. I was pissed about that. Yeah, I think it's super unprofessional. Um, I was... can leave it at that. Yeah. It's just, we don't want to see that for anybody. I wrote for Q1 notes. I said, I am really sad for Liam, but he was only 1.4 seconds down from Yuki. Yeah. So just keeping that in mind, by the start of Q1, Liam had had one practice session. Um, the track was wet and he did not make it into Q2. But the fact that he was only 1.4 seconds down from Yuki telling. When I was watching Q3, I honestly, I kind of was thinking that maybe Max is not going to take pole. Because Lando and Oscar, both of them, were just completely dominating around the track yeah, the entire yeah, time. Were. Alex as well. I was like, he's got a really, not maybe not maybe not pole, but a shot to be in like the top three. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Max ended up getting pole. But Alex, finishing P4, so P4, starting fourth yeah. in the race. To put it in perspective, when he was racing with Red Bull, that was his best starting position was P4 mm-hmm. in a Red Bull. And now he did, he matched that in a Williams. Mm-hmm. Like we know Alex is an incredible driver. So to see that, I think that was probably so encouraging for him. Mm-hmm. And just like watching at home, I was like, I love this for him. Yeah. Yeah. Then, I mean, he, he could have qualified higher than that too. Like the mm-hmm. McLarens didn't have, they weren't as great in Q1 and Q2 as they were in Q3. And Alex was, like, right up there mm-hmm. in Q1 and Q2. So this is interesting. Both Williams in Q3 since Monza 2017. Yep. Who was even driving for Williams in Monza 2017? It was Lance Stroll's debut year and Felipe Massa. What? So. Interesting. I don't think I knew that Lance started his career with Williams. Oh, you didn't? No. Huh. Moving on to the race. Started with rain, ended with rain. It was a... No, it started with normal rain and it ended with torrential downpour. (laughs) It was... Okay, when it started, it was fine. And then as soon as it, like, lights out and away we go, then it started raining. So all these drivers are in softs, maybe mediums. They A bunch of them went into pit for the intermediates. Some waited a lap and then pit afterwards. I think that the drivers who waited to pit to intermediates, they were kind of screwed over because at that point, it didn't make as much of a difference as it could have. Because the weather was all over the place. I don't know. Just watching those first few laps, I was like, this is chaotic and I don't know what's going on. And then the grid on the side, like the table of all the drivers, just kept changing. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I loved watching the first three laps because Mm -hmm. it was just like complete chaos. Well, you want to talk chaos? Let's talk about Charles's pit stop. Yeah, that was chaos. (laughs) I, I get it that he was the one who made the call to come in. But as a pit crew... I just feel like you should already know that if a driver is going to come in at this point at the race, they're not going to be pitting for harder or slicker tires. They're not going to be changing to mediums or hards. You all know that the rain is coming down. You should have the intermediate tires ready. Charles came into the pit stop and there was just the one guy carrying the tire, running, jumping over it. Like, 
it was comedic is what it was. Mm -hmm. And it was unfortunate. And I was so, as a Charles fan, I was like, this is, this is the worst. Wasn't the only pit stop that had some issues today because Yuki also had his tires changed, was given the green light and just didn't move. Didn't move. I don't know what Maybe he was stuck in was neutral. There. I don't know. It, and it wasn't like he was waiting um, for some cars in the pit lane. He just didn't Couldn't move. Go. Yeah. That was more driver error. I that, think. No, totally. But it's, it's also disastrous. Yeah. Um, Charles just did not have a good race. He had suffered front wing damage pretty early on. And then when he went to go get that fix afterwards, I guess there was also floor damage that I didn't know about until later on. Because I was like, what is mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. on here? Like, why does he keep just dropping down the order? Yeah. yeah. At one point, Liam Lawson went for the overtake. That was towards the end. I know. Charles I... <laughs> got the spot back, but then he retired like a lap later. And I was yeah. like, you are being passed by Liam Lawson in the Oftari. Like that. I did write in my notes. I was like, how come Charles is racing Liam Lawson right now? This is interesting. But yes, we did not know that there was floor damage as well as the front wing damage because the front wing can be changed. And then, and they did change it. And they did change it. But it was just, yeah, the floor damage that really took him out. As a Charles fan, I was struggling. It's his second DNF this year. First since the third race of the year, which was Australia. He's only had two DNFs. Only two DNFs. I thought he's had more. Seems like way more of an unfortunate season, but no. He just hasn't been getting podiums. Well, then there was the Monaco... Um, disaster. The impeding disaster. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there, there. I mean, there have been strategy errors. That's not... That's pretty much a given with Ferrari. But yeah, no. DNFs um, have been few and far between this year for him. So... Mm-hmm. There was a pit stop where Max went in for the undercut because Checo was. Yes. Yeah. So people are saying that it's kind of it's kind of divided. People think that they kind of screwed Checo over by giving Max the better pit stop strategy. But I think that Red Bull made the right call. We know Red Bull has put their number like their faith in Max. You know what I, you know what I mean? Well, I think any other weekend there might be a little bit of an argument on this. I think that this weekend, Checo had to know he was not going to be prioritized by the team, knowing that that record was right in Max's grip, mm-hmm. grasp and that it was a home race for him. I think that Checo would be a little Delulu like us <laughs> to think that um, on this weekend of all of them, he would be prioritized. Mm-hmm. They wanted to give Max that ninth race win in a row, but also Max is just a better driver. Like, there's no denying that. And this isn't, this is like an ongoing conversation. Like, Max will always be prioritized more than Checo. Mm-hmm. And there's conspiracy theorists out there that will say, like, you know, Checo's car is different or they're, you know, they're sabotaging Checo's race. I don't think that's the case. I think it's quite literally team orders and it's what you do. And we see the exact same thing with McLaren. We see that with, well, we see with every team. Well, yeah. We've well, seen it with every partner yeah. Max has had. I almost think that this, the second Red Bull seat needs to come with a, disc- a disclaimer that as long as Max Verstappen is in the car, he is the number one driver here. Yeah. And I don't know how how that's not understood by drivers that take the seat. Mind you, when Checo took the seat, Max wasn't even a world champion yet. So we saw him dominate last year. Right. And moving forward, that's probably just going to keep happening. So Checo shouldn't have been surprised that, yes, there is an undercut strategy in favor of Max. Yes, he is being prioritized. Mm-hmm. But we also see this with every other team, mm-hmm. with their number one and number two drivers. You don't see people saying like, oh, McLaren is sabotaging mm-hmm. Oscar's race or Oscar's car is different. Because again, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's just with with Red Bull, you have Max, who is already a two-time world champion. Yeah. You have him who is already dominating the season. Yeah. 
yes, give him the undercut strategy that yeah. benefits him. Yeah. Like it's, you know, yeah. I think that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> that's exactly. Max has proven himself I time mean, and time, time again. and time again. He's a two-time world champion. He's proven himself this entire year. Before this race, Max had won eight races in a row this year. So he's proven himself this year too. It's mm-hmm. just, like I said earlier, I just feel like the drivers that take the second Red Bull seat going forward, there needs to be an understanding that the strategy will never benefit you. And will it be maybe difficult to get someone in that car? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go into a team knowing with this team, I will never be able to have the full support of my team. Like truly. Mm-hmm. And I, I that, that is a tough spot to be in, but you're also going to be on podiums. You're also going to be will still be winning some races. Right? Like you are still doing incredible things in the sport. Your teammates with Max Verstappen. Your teammates with Max Verstappen. Yeah. Who do you think would benefit from being the second driver at Red Bull? Like, who do you think would be a good teammate for Max? Well, we did talk about this with Zoe. So if you've already listened to fan behavior, you'll hear this twice. But I do think Danny Rick is the best option. Some Danny Rick fans may feel some things about that because I'm sure like, I'd like to see Danny do well as well. But I think at this point in his career, he already made the move from Red Bull to Renault. Um, years ago when he was Max's teammate and he was feeling like Max was being prioritized and he wasn't. Did that necessarily work out for his career? I don't know. You be the judge of that. But I think at this point in his career where he's lost his seat once, he's come back, he's taken a seat at AlphaTauri. Clearly, AlphaTauri is a sister team of Red Bulls. So in order to, for the reason for taking that seat, I think would be to hopefully get back into Red Bull one day. Mm-hmm. So that's seemingly still his goal. And like I said, I think Danny is self-aware enough at this part point in his career that I feel like he knows that if he was Red, uh, the second driver or the, the other driver for Red Bull, he would be the second one. He would be okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that he's not going to be competitive, no. but him and Max always had a good, a good teammate relationship. He has a good relationship with Helmut Marco. He understands the car or did. It's a different car than what he was driving, but I feel like he has a feel for it. And I feel like he would just be the best option for um, Max for Red Bull, and I think it would be a great career move for him too. Yeah, I mean he's the king of making bad career decisions, and I think that this would be a good one. Yeah. Um, another thing that happened in the race, George Russell. So George, I'm gonna start laughing. George started third. Can I just say that George is the king of radio messages? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he started third, and you know what? Maybe if it was a dry race, he had a chance at the podium. But this race was chaotic from the get go. There was no predicting anything except Max was probably going to win. Yeah. Literally, no one knew what was going on. Yeah. George had an unfortunate just strategy, just bad call with Mm -hmm. tires. And Mm -hmm. he ended up dropping pretty far down and made the call to his team, his uh, engineer, Mm -hmm. saying we were in the forecast to get a podium. How did something like, how did we get to this point? And I just, I... Or how do we end up here? Like, was he on, was he forecasted for podium? I wonder if he's just saying because he started third, he started in a podium place. Yeah. I, I wish he would have said it differently if that's what he meant. But I'm wondering if he's just saying like, I started third, I should have finished third. Yeah. He, F1 he, doesn't really work that way. No. I think that he, you know what, love that he went into the race weekend thinking like, I can get a podium, I can do yes. this. Because we see some drivers who start very high up and they think, I'm screwed. Like, I'm not going to keep it. Lando's a good example, but, yeah, who right. makes jokes about, he's like, I'm, he's like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Whereas George went into this and was like, no, 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 podium. Yeah. And so I think that maybe it was a little bit too overconfident. Yeah. And then to make that call saying we were on, we had a forecast for a podium. The only thing in the forecast is rain. 
you cannot control that. Hence, you cannot control the podium. <laughs> anyway, that was just a funny radio message. It, George, he did end up um, suffering with some contact with Lando towards the back, like last little bit of the race, mm-hmm. which really dropped him back. And I think he was, I, I didn't watch any post-race interviews, but I'm pretty sure he felt pretty defeated mm-hmm. because, you know, he thought he was going to get a podium and he finished, what, like 17th? I just don't, I don't know that it's necessarily what he meant. Yeah. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. I think he just meant, meant I started third. How are we? I don't know where he was at that point. He was point. like 15th, pretty far back. And Well, and he finished 17th. Yeah. So like, I understand it's a disastrous weekend. I still don't understand why they had him on hards the entire race. And you and Zoe, you had an explanation. I still don't think it was the right call. It was, it, I, I didn't think it was a bad call. I thought the hards was able, like, because we saw Lando put the softs on mm-hmm. and he was doing really well mm-hmm. on the softs. Him and George pretty much, they, they both pretty dropped back pretty mm-hmm. far and they were both trying to make their way up and they were. And Lando was overtaking. He was he was making his way through. George wasn't. He was to an extent, and he had lasted longer. Whereas Lando had to go back into the pits because he couldn't pass Yuki because his tires yes, were worn out. Yes. George didn't have to go back into the pits. He because, didn't. But, so, but I don't think that he was climbing the order at all. He was. He was a bit like and he, he was seventeenth because he he did drop back down. It was like so because he had the the damage with Lando because they both ended up working their way back up. So we had the damage with Lando. And that's what really dropped him back. I just think that um, on a, a wet weekend, it is difficult to tire strategize because you never know whether the rain's going to be a mist or a downpour. Yeah. And I think that knowing that there was rain in the forecast all day, I think my tire strategy would have been banking on on a yellow flag. And a lot of teams did seem to use that as our strategy. Yeah. And Mercedes just didn't with that with that explanation of we're going to keep George on hards for the, the entirety of the rest of the race. They didn't consider the fact that there would be eventually yeah. yellow red flags. Um, so I guess I, I guess I do understand the strategy, but if you wanted to climb the order, it was not the right strategy for you. We had posted on our Instagram saying like, what do you want us to talk about for this recording? And mm-hmm. a lot of people said, talk about Liam finishing higher than Yuki, mm-hmm. which he did, mm-hmm. but Yuki had the penalty, mm-hmm. which I didn't know. Until mm-hmm. <laughs> we were recording with Zoe. Yeah, until yes. we were recording with Zoe. Yeah. So... Yuki did finish ahead of Lawson, but then it was his penalty that dropped him back. Mm-hmm. And I think we got to give Liam props for staying on the track, mm-hmm. for not crashing, for... He didn't get points, mm-hmm. but, you know, for his F1 debut in a chaotic race, I think that he did his best. And I think that, you know, if he is to keep going and replace Danny at Monza, which I'm sure he will, we'll see. Hopefully it's a dry race. We'll see what happens there. And ideally... It'll be a better track for him. I mean, the Alvataris are not great at straight line speed. The Alvatari is quite literally the worst car on the grid. I know. So the fact that he didn't finish last. <laughs> yes. That, that I'm taking Liam it as a win. Yeah. Seriously. Even though Yuki had the penalty, I am taking this as a, as a win for Alvatari, Liam Lawson well, and Alvatari. Alvatari. Because, yeah. I mean, Yuki was doing pretty well, like, prior to the penalty. So it also got me thinking, like, Danny Rick probably would have really excelled at this track, yeah. too. Um, so unfortunate that we didn't get to see that, but yeah, it would have been nice to see that. But like you said, um, maybe we do get to get a more, or sorry, a less skewed version of what Liam's capable Liam of. is capable of next week at Monza. Hopefully it's not raining with the season going the way it is yeah. already. It probably will. Who knows? I'd love to see. It's probably not the, the last race that he's out. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't think he comes back for Singapore, hopefully within the next two races we can see 
a dry race, uh, a good chance for Liam. And just more time in the car is just going to be beneficial for him. And this is where, going back to a couple episodes, I talked about Sprint and having reserve drivers slash F2, F3. Liam's in Super Formula, but I kind of group him in there. Um, Drivers get a feel for the car within practice sessions, within sprint, qualifying, whatever it might be. They would at least have this. They would. I kind of feel like it did, but they would at least have a feel for the car, and it wouldn't be such a difference from him to go from Super Formula racing and Super Formula to taking over. And he's a reserve driver, so it should never be such a change for him to take on this seat. Mm -hmm. Like, I just. I think that it would be so much more beneficial for these young and up and coming drivers to have more time in the F1 car and competitive time in the F1 car. And you can say what you want about the sim being just as, as good. I don't even know. Does Alpha Tauri have a sim? Do you know? I don't know if they do. I don't know. I'm just, you cannot plan for a wet race like this without having a feel for the car. And I do feel like that would have given Liam a bit more of an advantage today. I agree. I don't like, I don't, I don't have any disagrees with yeah. what you're saying. I mean, I will see, we'll see what I'm saying. I manifested Liam being in the car. I did not manifest Danny getting hurt. No. I just wanted to see reserve drivers mm-hmm. in, in the, the F1 car. car. <laughs> and I unfortunately did see that today. Um, did we talk about Charles retiring? He did. Okay, I can't remember if we actually talked about yeah. that or not. That was probably, okay, yeah, that was painful. Um, another retirement, Logan Sargent, who, it was sad because when he got out of the car, he just was defeated, and it was it was, it was painful really to watch. Really sad to watch, it, and it was it almost made it. Was it you or was it Zoe who said it was like your? It's like it wasn't just the race; it was his career that he was. Zoe losing. said that, but the broadcast also did say something like, "That's the face of a man who knows." Something, something on the line of like, some, that's the face of, the, of a man who knows that his his seat is on the rocks or something yeah. like that. It's um, and it is because he he hasn't been making waves. He hasn't been doing well, and it's it sucks because people are comparing him to Alex. I know. And Alex is an incredible driver, and it's it's he's had the years of experience yeah. though that Logan and I, hasn't, and it, I do think it's an unfair comparison. Yeah, as much no, as, yeah, a hundred percent. It's an unfair like unfair comparison. I think that Logan gets a lot of unnecessary hate i don't know if hate's the right word he gets a lot of unnecessary people doubt him and i think that people are quick to judge because he's american people don't have faith in him and i think that they see what alex is doing and then they're comparing it and then they're putting more weight on his shoulders and it's almost like you know you compare Checo to to max yeah it's like you are comparing two completely different drivers and differently you almost can't compare there's very few teams, and we did talk about this with Zoe as well, and I'm kind of going to challenge you now to think of, about another one, but there are very few teams where the drivers Lando. are on the same playing field where it is more of a competition between the two because they're they're like equally skilled. Charles so and Carlos. I, I would say Charles and Carlos is, is a good one. I would say Lando and Oscar are similar in skill-wise, but Lando has more experience. I would agree. And I would say, we talked about this with Zoe, Esteban and Pierre mm-hmm. are all in the same playing field. You um, don't re- you don't get that often in a team though. And so no, yes. you can, yeah, you can compare Carlos and Charles. You know, Charles has, I think, an extra year at Ferrari compared to Carlos, maybe two. I don't actually know for sure. An extra couple for sure. But they both are incredible, incredibly skilled drivers. They've been racing for around the same time. You know, Carlos has been with different teams. Charles went from Sauber to Ferrari. 
And so they are on equal playing mm-hmm. fields. Logan and Alex are not. Yeah. And, you know, I think Oscar and Lando are, you know, all they know is McLaren. And so it's it's easy to compare that. Yeah. Whereas Alex was Red Bull, AlphaTauri, mm-hmm. he was a reserve driver. Now he's back. Like you can't, you cannot just say like, well, his teammate's doing this, so he's better. Or like, you right. know. Right. And you can see that you see the same argument with Lance and Fernando. Fernando mm-hmm. is a two-time world champion. How are we comparing Lance Stroll to Fernando Alonso? Like mm-hmm. truly. And I, we joke about it with, with Lance, like not doing well, but like truly you cannot compare those two in terms of driving skill. Mm-hmm. And when they drive the same car, okay, that's one thing. But, and it's. It, that's all. another thing is is all of these teams they create their own car mm-hmm. so it's it's Alex has the experience in this team and this team Carlos has the experience in that team and that team and it's they're gonna come in yeah we can't you can't compare right. you can't that that's you can't and so I just I this leads back to Logan I just feel horrible for him yeah and I just I'm scared that this is definitely going to affect his seat for next year mm-hmm. now let's just put it on the record that Williams is not usually quick with their trigger in terms of removing drivers out mm-hmm. of their seat. They gave Latifi Nick- had a few years. They gave there Nick was two seasons. A moment of a deja vu there where um, two or three seasons. Two, two seasons. There was a moment of deja vu there where Logan crashed and was like, "Oh, sorry, I don't know what happened." And Logan, I'm pretty sure Latifi said the exact same thing right. in one of the few races, and I was like, "Oh, there was our North American driver yeah. not knowing what's going on, and in the wall." <laughs> Yeah, I get. I didn't even remember that. Yeah, Nick was was Canadian, but yeah, it's uh, there's something to be said about an equal playing field, not just equal machinery, mm-hmm. but experience. Because you can't tell me that Alex didn't learn something from having Max Verstappen as his teammate. Mm-hmm. He absolutely learned some valuable information that he can take. And working into his under race. Christian Horner, and you bet. Marco, like, you bet. Yeah, I don't. It's it's not fair to judge a driver. I mean, especially if it is their first season. And then make those rash decisions, which was what happened to Nick. I was going to say, we weren't, we could say the same thing about Nick. We weren't like. We, but also everyone did pre-judge. Everyone came in with these higher expectations and just Alphatari was not the right fit for him. Yeah. And you know what? I'm sure he could have excelled in another team with another partner with different management. It, it's, yeah, it sucks because we see that these drivers, they work so hard to get to Formula One and then not everyone is going to excel right away. Mm -hmm. And then when people are so quick to make these rash decisions and these judgments, it's, it's just, it sucks just watching. Mm -hmm. Like it's just from a humility aspect. Mm -hmm. They're humans. So after Logan's crash, Liam Lawson, this is before Charles had DNF'd. Liam Lawson was like within DRS range of Charles before they they disabled DRS. But yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, this is just not how I wanted my weekend to go. No. No, I did not need to see Liam Lawson overtaking Charles Leclerc. Yeah. I didn't need to see that. No. But I saw it and it was great. Yeah. Not great. It was horrible. Did you know that um, Helmut Marco sent Pierre to Super Formula? Yes. I didn't know that till today. He, uh, Super Formula is very much equivalent to F2. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Red Bull has got a lot of pull in Super, not a lot of pull in Super Formula, but they're very, they send their reserve drivers or drivers from their junior program mm-hmm. to Super Formula to get more experience mm-hmm. if they're not the getting it in F2. Yeah. And that Pierre as well, mm-hmm. Liam Lawson, we know this. We ended up seeing Pierre on the podium, hence why Hannah is wearing her all gas, Lee, no brakes sweater. My first time wearing it on the pod. I yeah. was waiting for this moment. Yeah. Um, very and happy I, for him. Very happy for him. I, I was scared because it was at the red flag restart. No, hang on. Pause for a second. <laughs> there was a moment right before the red flag where people were coming in to change their tires and Max was still out. And he was like, 
yeah, I think I can go. Like, I think I can do another. And his engineer on the radio was said, now would be a very good time to pit, which is essentially... It's about the no, most no, no. stern you can get with Max Verstappen yeah. without saying, Max, get your ass in the pit. That is what it was. It was essentially, yes. get your ass to the garage now. Yes. Because you, but obviously you can't say that over the radio. Well, but. so when that red flag um, came out, when the downpour happened, Max and Fernando had opted not to pit. Um, initially, and so they stayed on the track, and when everybody was back in the pit lane, when the red flag came out, they had to then drive around and come mm-hmm. back to the pit lane. Yeah. And during that moment, the commentators were kind of saying, like, they're not driving fast right now, because they don't have to, they're just trying to get to the pit lane, but they could very well go off in this rain, um, just trying to get there, mm-hmm. because it was so... It was raining so was hard, dangerous. and the tires that they had on were not were not the best ones. Yeah. And yeah, so <laughs> I do understand Matt's yeah, Ma- Max's GP. engineer being like, "Get your get ass that. to the pit lane Back now!" Back to the pit lane. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we saw Checo come in, and we thought it would ruin. Okay, well, Checo came before the red yeah. flag. Checo came in before the red flag. Red flag immediately went out afterwards, and that meant all the drivers had to come back. Mm-hmm. And we thought that the starting position for the red flag, um, or for the for the, the restart, yeah, we thought it would be Checo would have lost that spot. Mm-hmm. He would start fourth. Wasn't the case. It ended up he got that spot back. It was a rolling start, and someone had asked us like, "What is a rolling start?" And we don't see it often in Formula mm-hmm. One, just because of the acceleration of these F one yeah. cars. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to have a Formula One start, whereas we see it in Indy all the time. Yeah, they always do yeah. rolling starts. Um, rolling starts don't happen unless track conditions are wet. Yeah. And it's just, it's because it's, it's, it's just safer for the drivers. It's way safer to start that way than spray kicked up yeah. while the tires are, are yeah. spinning and, and, and they're not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. So <laughs> rolling starts, you won't see them often in Formula One unless it is a wet race restart, but you'll see them all the time in Indy. Yeah. Anyway, Checo had started at that restart third and... And then it was announced that he had a five second, five second penalty. Yes. Yeah. And I guess he was speeding in the pit lane. I don't know when that happened, but because of that, and because there was like 15 laps left, no, less than that. It was, it was five. 65 laps when the red flag came out. And then I think that by they, the end of the safety cars, the formation and the restart. restart lap, whatever, then it was, yeah, I believe five laps left. Five to seven laps. Yeah. Checo did not gain the did not ex- like extend the gap between him and Pierre who was behind him. And so Pierre, because of that five second penalty claimed that third place yeah. podium. And it was so exciting for him. We love to see it. Um, Nothing but smiles Pierre. for Pierre. He was so excited to get third. He was excited. I just, I can't help, but every time Pierre gets a, a podium, I think of that picture of him winning at Monza mm-hmm. and it was right after Antoine had passed. And I just think of like, obviously podiums mean a lot to every driver. Yeah. I just have this feeling that to Pierre, it means so much more than to than it does to some because he lost his best friend to the sport. He really is trying to prove himself and not just carry out his own mission, but Antoine's as well. And I might be speaking for him by saying all this, but I just have this, this feeling because Pierre is so overjoyed when stuff like this happens mm-hmm. that he's just more grateful because of the experiences he's gone through. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So he was, he deserved that podium. And he, he had a really good race as well. It wasn't a fluke. Pierre was up fighting for points for pretty much that entire race. So he really, really did deserve that podium. Um, so it was him, Fernando, Pierre. Your predictions were right. Three different teams on the podium. 
Props to Hannah. This has not happened very many times. No, very many times. But to be fair, we haven't been giving predictions like Mm -hmm. that very much. Um, I'm just kind of... Predictions are are just annoying me these days. I'm like, what can I do? Like, truly, what can I do? It's Max who's going to win. Will he win next race? Or will the Monza curse? Table that. Table that for two seconds. (laughs) Okay, I will table it. (laughs) Um... Okay, except now I forgot what I was saying. So, so why don't we just pop right into predictions. track stats? You're talking predictions. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, so that's why I gave a prediction that essentially was three different teams in the podium. We've done that before. We've been yeah. like, I think we'll see two McLarens in the podium yeah. whatnot. Um, anyways, I was right. Emma wanted a McLaren on the podium. That did, did not happen, happen, unfortunately. She has orange nails right now. I know. Papaya nails, specifically. Papaya nails. Not Max Verstappen orange nails. Papaya, papaya nails. nails. Let's just keep that in mind. Oscar yeah. did crash in... In, um... Practice. Practice. He crashed on practice, and then neither McLarens had, like, an outstanding weekend. Yeah. So, nail theory back in full effect. We haven't chatted about it in a while. Um, Anyways, do with that information what you must. Track stats. Track stats. Hannah's got her track stats, but before... Oh, my God, you have so much. Um, Before we go crazy into track stats, should I just jump into Monza Curse? Yes. So, the Monza Curse, for those who don't know. If you win in Monza, you will DNF the next year. And this, this goes back a few years. So, in... 2019, Charles won Monza. In 2020, it was a horrible crash. He had to retire. It it was pretty much the start of the Monza curse. You're talking about Charles, right? Yeah. Anybody who knows Charles' win in Monza also in their head has the famous broadcast. Yeah. He wins in <laughs> he Spa. He won in Spa. He, he wins, wins in Monza. Monza. Yeah. Charles Leclerc. Yeah. I'm going to make a friendship bracelet that says that on it because... Do you make friendship bracelets? Um... I have a friend that does it for me. Me too. So I'm actually just going to commission her to do it. Great. <laughs> I'll get my friend to do one too. Um, anyway, Charles won 2019. Huge crash 2020. Had to retire. 2020, that's where we saw Pierre take his first Grand Prix victory. And then the next year, 2021, there was actually a sprint. He crashed out on lap one of the sprint. And then he also DNF'd during the race. 2021. Danny Rick won the Monza race. Remember, it was him and Lando. How he can won I forget? I have we, that broadcast in yeah, my head we'll too. We'll never forget it's that. McCla- it's Ricardo and McLaren. I can hear it in yeah. my head. It's yeah, McLaren won two. Danny run. Danny won. It was incredible. And then in 2022, he suffered loss in his power unit and had to retire, bringing out the safety car as well. I think he like had to stop on a, a side of the track, but mm-hmm. yeah, he had to retire. And then Max won 2022. Is so, TBD. However, yes. there's an asterisk. I saw this on Reddit. I'm not taking credit for this. The the curse, the the exception, it seems as though it doesn't affect world champions. So Lewis had actually won in 2018. He did not win in 2019, but he didn't retire mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. So we might see that this year. What mm-hmm. if Max doesn't win, but he doesn't retire? Okay, would that not be crazy? Because that, that would be, be insane. It would be the the race win that would get him the tenth the tenth win. Yeah, the title. I um, don't. I don't know the record. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> track stats with Han. Yeah, let's pop into normal track stats. It is interesting when we have tracks with history like this. Mm-hmm. I love to hear like the weird mm-hmm. stuff that that comes along with track stats. But we're just gonna get into normal track stats. Two DRS zones, fifty three laps. So it's a longer track. Mm-hmm. Um, when 1950 was its first GP and it has been on the calendar every year minus one. It's coined the Temple of Speed, which I think is awesome. Yeah. It's one of the fastest circuits on the calendar. Last year, Max won. Charles second, George third. Carlos qualified third last year, but took a new power unit slash gearbox parts and started from the back, but finished fourth. Good for him. So that was a great result for, for um, Carlos. 
Uh, Checo had a 10 place penalty last year. Max had a five place and Valtteri had a 15 all for miscellaneous new parts. Think we're um, going to get that this year. Yeah, I think it's about that time in the season. Yeah. We'll see a, a, at least a couple mm-hmm. uh, power unit gearbox stuff. Well, I think stuff. that the um, the tra- the teams that know that they will excel at this track mm-hmm. will take the penalty. Yeah, I... Yeah. You know, like... Yeah, maybe Williams. Maybe Williams, Red Bull. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, there was four DNFs last year. Danny, Lance, Fernando, and Seb. Um, I have no insight on that. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I'm Obviously, Danny, the curse mm-hmm. that had happened. Um, in 2021, Danny won... It was his last race win to date, and it was a one-two for McLaren, which we talked about. I wrote in it my was notes. his last race win. Yes, and it was, and that season he was not nope. performing well at all. So it was kind of a complete shock. Monza is you is very famous for in recent years being like a complete shocker of a podium. Yeah, the year Pierre won, he no, we no one expected no one that. expected that. The year Danny and Lando had a one-two, McLaren wasn't doing all that great. Danny specifically was not doing all that great. Lando was doing better than him. I love Monza for that reason. Yeah. Complete chaos. I know. It's one of my favorite tracks, honestly. I, I know. I, yes. The poster. Yeah, it's right behind me. Nobody remembers it. I wrote this. Sorry. I'm, re- I'm reading in my own language. Uh, nobody remembers this, but Bottas was also on that podium with the one-two for McLaren. So just a <laughs> weird podium all together. Huh. Danny Lando Valtteri. Interesting. Yeah. Um, that is when he was still with Mercedes, obviously. Yeah. So he, uh, and that also, I'll get to it here. Um, that race, there was five DNFs, Mazepin, Lewis and Max, Pierre. and Pierre. Yuki did not even start the race. That was a DNS. Interesting. It was a sprint that year, which we talked about with, with Carl. Whoa. We talked about, um, with Danny mm-hmm. and I say it's the next race that we have to watch before we watch the actual race next weekend. Is there a sprint next race? No. No. Nar. I think it's a great track for a sprint, though. I think this would be a good track for a sprint. Yeah. Yeah, so I talked about this. Oh, I think it was with the Hungary Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Whoa. The Hungary Grand Prix weekend. I was like, go back and watch last year's race. Go back. Go back and watch 2021 Monza. Yes. Do it. Do it. You I'm gonna will do it. not be disappointed. I'm going to do it, too. We'll talk about it next week. Um, you talked about the Monza curse. Okay. That's track stats with hand. That's track stats with hand. Um, I'm going to jump into in case you missed Indy real fast. Yep. There's actually an Indy race in half an hour. Yeah, I know. That's or why f- let's I was finish like, this let's podcast and we can go watch this race. Um, yeah. So Indy actually had a downpour as well. They had an oval. It's one of the shortest. No, not one of the shortest ovals. It is a short oval. Um, You're in St. Louis this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go to this race. Oh, you should have. Downpour pushed everything back. Like they couldn't do their practice sessions until crazy late last night. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw Katie was doing like homework. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I had texted um, who works for on the number two car. And I said, okay, this is my problem. And it's a stupid problem. And I know what it affects you more than it affects me. But I plan my day around these race schedules. And now that it is pushed yeah. back, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Like I had to miss the practices because I had plans. I yeah. was like, this is stupid. I could have been anyway. And I was like, look, I know you were there. And this is quite literally your job. And this is nothing in comparison to you, but I'm complaining. And she was like, no, I know. This is annoying for everyone. I'm so sorry. I did see your post on our story that was like, I really was hoping that Indy Quali would end before. Yeah. Yeah. So Indy Quali was this morning and they don't usually have Quali and the race on the same day, but they had to. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to talk about Quali for a second. So there were actually a lot of drivers this weekend that were taking grid penalties just for engine changes, changes to the car. Six of them, actually. Six? Six drivers that are taking penalties. And obviously they're still going to qualify like normal penalty affects where they qualify, whatever. Same as F1. David Malukas is not one of the drivers that took the penalty. 
but he had such an incredible qualifying session, like insane. And he's racing with Dale Coyne and he, I don't, I didn't watch, I didn't get to watch all of it, but he was, he had one of the top times. And then the other drivers that still had to go after him, a lot of them were the ones with the penalty. So by the end of it, even though it was McLaughlin, Pillow, Dixon, and uh, Sato, those four drivers were in the top 10 and they all had driver penalties or they all had grid place penalties. Um, and so I think it's like nine place grid penalties, which meant David Malukas gets moved up. Now he's starting six tomorrow because of his incredible qualifying session. And because, today. oh my God, today. <laughs> half an hour from in now. In half an hour. Yeah. Oh, see, I can't do qualifying and race on the same day, which means he's starting six today, which is, he's had better race starts before, but like, this is just incredible for him. So yeah. I love this for him. We've had people reach out and saying like, he is quite literally the Oscar Piastri of IndyCar. And so I'm really glad that Also shout out to him for sharing sharing our story and yeah. also just kind of like subtly interacting with our with our socials yeah yeah david Maluk, like we're da- huge david malukas fans yeah yeah we have his uh face up here <laughs> yeah so we're rooting for him today um hopefully he does something exciting mm-hmm. that's it that's- no it's not it marcus erickson oh how did i forget in case you oh my god marcus erickson is leaving chip ganassi and he is going to andretti autosport who is he replacing we don't know. We don't know. So it's confirmed for 2024. We have Colton Herta, Kyle Kirkwood, and Marcus Erickson. There's no denying that they have nice faces. I wasn't the one who said this. It was actually someone else who'd said to me they could be a boy band. Uh, an indie boy band. An indie boy band. I don't know if they can sing, um, but they can be called the Dready Boys. The Dready Boys. Yeah. Anyway, oh so right we gotta now, end this podcast. Yeah, What's going on? <laughs> yeah. So. Right now, we don't know about Roman Grosjean or Dev. Dev. Our favorite Canadian. Oh, that's exactly what I So that spot of. is still open, which means also Chip Ganassi's spot is still open. Indie silly season is silly. I don't know what's going on. We still don't know. It's sillier than F1. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of like which teams and which drivers are confirmed. And there, as of right now, there's still a spot open at Aero McLaren. Um, right. Which we thought would go to Alex Pillow. It might not be. We don't know. We literally don't know anything. That is in case you missed Indy. One moment for females in motorsport. Mm-hmm. Marta Garcia Lopez, who mm-hmm. leads the F1 Academy Championship standings currently, she was at the D- Dutch Grand Prix this weekend and presented Max with the Pirelli tire for like the the award that they give for uh, receiving pole. Yep. Cool. Both of them are leading their championships yeah. right now. So I loved that. That was great. Good job, um, F1. Real fast. Also, the only person on my crush tracker, tracker this week is Daniel Ricardo. One, because he showed up at the race in a cardigan, and also he was carrying flowers. And I just think he deserves to be on my crush tracker. I wonder where the flowers were lying. I don't know. Someone said he was proposing to Yuki. We did not have a Furious Hot Takes this week. Um, reminder to submit your hot takes. We have a link in our socials bio. So Instagram, TikTok, find it there. Submit your hot take. You might hear it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be it. Yeah. If you would like to hear us talk about Lance to tennis. Oh, yeah. You feel free to go listen to us on Fan Behavior Pod. Um, It's out right now. Yeah. We talk about that. For we a talk minute. about tennis for a minute. Zoe is also a tennis fan. I am a tennis fan. US Open starts tomorrow. I started a new tennis book today. It's the last Grand Slam of the year. So we're going to be talking about it next weekend. Yeah. But we do talk about the Lance rumors on the Fan Behavior Podcast. If you haven't already listened to it, go listen now. And I think that's all from, from us. From the president of the Lance Stroll fan club yeah. herself. Goodbye, everybody. It's time for us to go watch the Indy race. If you're listening on Tuesday, that's already happened. Then you'll know the results. 
And we can talk about it on Instagram. We can talk about it on Instagram or next weekend on the podcast. Thank you.